This week, I want to talk to you guys about how to break a stubborn habit. How do you stop those bad habits? Maybe you are dealing with something. You're like, oh, I've been wanting to do this for forever. Pastor Bill, would you please give me something that works? Well, the Bible will do that today. I'm excited about today's message. You guys fired up? Because I know I am. You guys ready? All right. Well, let's dive right in. Super excited about this. I want to show you scripture in Judges chapter 16 about a guy named Samson. I'm not going to unpack his whole story, but here's the thing I'll tell you. Samson was like super strong. He had like supernatural strength. The guy could like beat up 10 guys at once. It was crazy how strong he was, right? So he had that, but it was important to know that he had taken what's called a Nazarite vow. It's kind of complicated, but just comes down to this. Don't drink, don't cut your hair, don't touch dead things, things like that. But the point of it is that you're consecrated to God. So he had made that commitment to God, but then he had made the commitment to God, but then he began to make decisions outside of the commitment that he had made to God. How many of us have found ourselves there? Like I made the commitment to God, but then I still want to do things that have nothing to do with that commitment to God, right? So that's where Samson was. And so I want to show you scripture. We're not going to unpack the whole story about Samson today, but I want to show you an important verse. Judges 16 verse 1 says this, one day Samson went to Gaza where he saw a prostitute. Now, of course, right after that, he meets her, he sleeps with her, and then the next thing you know, he's going to Gaza all the time, and then he meets a girl, falls in love with her. This girl is all nothing but trouble. She's kind of that same type of girl that he keeps finding, and so Samson was a he-man with a she problem, okay? And so he kept finding the wrong girl. But I want to point something out about this. So the distance between Samson's home and Gaza is 25 miles. So that means that he, every step he took, he had an opportunity to think about doing something better. In fact, if you do the math, he took 56,250 steps to get there. That's a lot of steps. I mean, you couldn't call Uber. There was no railway to take, right? And so the only way there was to walk. Maybe he took a camel. I don't know, but it's still 25 miles is a long way. He had plenty of time in between deciding to go and getting there to turn around. The reason I want to point it out is because a lot of us like to make excuses like, well, I just, it just happened. I just kind of fell into it. Actually, I bet there were a ton of steps between you going full-blown into something really dumb and deciding to do it. And so oftentimes we think, oh, it's just so quick and just so happened. It, it doesn't just happen. You took steps to get there. But this is really important. Number one, the best way to stop a bad habit is to never start. Just if you would just never have gone to Gaza his life could have been so much better, but he decided to go. That first step took him on a path. The reason I want to bring this up is because I want to talk to the young people right now across all of our different churches, those who are watching online. Young people, you will save yourself so much pain if you just won't take that hit, take that sip, go to that party, hit that club. If you will save yourself an unbelievable amount of difficulty if you just won't start something stupid. Does that make sense? I mean, how many of us that, that have been around a while want to tell them because, you know, oftentimes we want to point to ourselves because I did stupid stuff. And so many adults are living with a world of regret because they didn't listen to the advice I'm giving you right now. And by the way, for those of you who think you're missing out, the, the FOMO thing, all you're missing is a heartache. That's all you're missing. So I just want to encourage you. This is such a big deal. One sip, one click, one bite, one step leads you down the wrong path path. You know what? You'll never become an alcoholic if you just never take a drink. You know, you, you, you'll never become hooked on cigarettes if you just never take your first ciggy. I heard that's the language. That's why I tried to use it. I'm trying to be cool. <laughs> Did that work? No? Okay. All right. The truth is, though, we, we start on the wrong direction, right? 
No one says, hey, you know what? I really want to die 20 years early. I want to look 20 years older than my age, right? And I want to die with lung cancer. They don't say that. They just say, hey, can I try one of the cigarettes? So that's what they do. You know, if they would just show you the price up front, <laughs> you'd never take it. If you said, hey, can I have one of those drinks? They said, sure. What, what, how much does that cost? Instead of saying three bucks or five bucks, if they said, oh, it's going to cost you a divorce from a huge mistake you'll make from being too drunk to know what you were doing. Uh, it'll, that's about half your income. We're going to read some lawyers and tell you the exact breakdown of what that's going to cost you. You'd be like, you know what? I'm good. I think I'll just skip out on that. Now, for those of you who say, okay, Pastor, the Bible talks about how Jesus even drank a little bit and Paul did. You're right. But I'm pretty sure that they uh, were in a better spot than we are, number one. Number two, we don't know which one of us among us has the predisposition to alcoholism. I mean, do you really know that? We don't. So, so it's just easier just to stay away from it. I can honestly say, I think I drink maybe three drinks a year. Maybe one on vacation with my wife, maybe on a, you know, like a, an anniversary kind of thing. That's about it. Now, Jessica, she's just hanging from the chandeliers. She's... <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I'm just totally kidding. That's a joke, as far as you know. Anyways, so, I'm just kidding. Actually, this sermon doesn't apply to her, because I'm like, honey, this won't work for you, because you have to actually be a sinner for this apply. Like, one time she ran around, a, uh, ran around a table with a pair of scissors. I was like, whoa, slow down. So, yeah. So, it's pretty crazy. She's pretty wild. So, anyways, just thought I'd let you know. So, yeah, like, I'm a pastor. I married her, and I corrupted her. That's pretty sad. Like anyway, so yeah, she's, it's, it's amazing. So, but I will tell you this, the best way to stop bad habit is to never start it. I, I really think this saved me from so much trouble. I didn't really go to a bunch of parties. I didn't go to a lot of places that, that kind of get you in the wrong places, doing the wrong things, making really foolish decisions. I just didn't go. It wasn't, I was so godly. I just didn't enter the place. And so it's a game changer. It's just, if you could understand how much pain you will save by just avoiding something, the best way to stop a bad habit Never started. Number two, to achieve your dreams, here's a question I have for you. What bad habit do you need to break? We all have bad habits to break. In fact, for those of you who don't think you have a bad habit to break, that means you're living an unexamined life. And so all of us have things we need to work on. So what is it for you? In fact, right now, I want to ask you to take out your phone, open your notes app. Don't go to social media. That's a bad habit. Instead, <laughs> open up your phone right now, go to the notes app. And I want to ask you, just write down this is a private thing between you and God and the neighbor who's cheating and looking over at your notes. That's okay. <laughs> Write down what one or two habits you, you really need to stop. Just, just like, okay, because this message works best when you have something to apply it to. Scripture says in James chapter one, it says, so get rid of every filthy habit and all wicked conduct. Submit to God and accept the word that he plants in your heart, which is able to save you. This is really a big deal. And so there are habits we need to stop. Hebrews 12 says this, we should remove from our lives anything that would get in the way and the sin that so easily holds us back. Wow. So there's things that are holding us back from all that God has for us. What are those things? They're probably a bad habit. So we've got to kick that bad habit. There was a World War II fighter pilot that uh, he was very successful. He, did. He, he flew into many missions and in, in this particular mission, he had just shot down two enemy Warcraft. He was on his way back because he was running out of gas, running out of fuel. On his way back, he heard something in the control panel of his, of his airplane. And he was like, what is that noise? He heard like a squeak. He's like, what could that possibly be? He heard it again and again. He finally realized there's a rat in the control panel of this airplane. He thought, man, I'm on this mission. I just shot down two, shot down two of our enemy planes. And now a rat's going to take me out. Like a rat, because you know what they do? They chew on things. You think, oh, this rat's going to chew on a wire 
that's going to cause me not to put down the landing gear or cause me not to be able to steer. Somehow he's going to mess up the instrumentation and I'm going to crash and I'm going to die because of a rat when I just was fighting the enemy. <laughs> They're like, this is ridiculous, right? So he thought, how can I solve this problem? He thought, okay, a rat has smaller lungs and a smaller heart than I do. So he thought, let me go into higher altitude. So he raised as high as he could get the plane possibly to go. And eventually he got high enough and he quit hearing the squeal because the rat couldn't live at that height. Let me tell you something right now. Where God wants to take you, your bad habits can't go. So you've got to be willing to go to a higher altitude than do what God calls you to do. And those habits will drop off if you'll focus on what the Lord has for your life. God has big plans for you. So what is it that you want to achieve? God has some big things for you to do. There was a guy that was really overweight and he was with a friend of his and he was like, man, I just started to die. He got on a scale in front of his buddy. He was like, I just started to die two days ago and I weigh more. How in the world does that happen? He's so afraid you got off the scale. He's like, okay, hold on. So he took off his jacket. Here, hold my jacket. He got back on. See, I still weigh too much. He goes, here, hold my Twinkies. Let me see now. <laughs> Could it be that the very bad habit that we're trying to stop, we also carry with us? Our lifestyle takes the habit with us everywhere we go, and then we wonder why we're having a hard time with this. So how do you break a bad habit? Is this even possible? Well, here's number three. Let me give you the guts of this message comes down to this, okay? Number three, to break a bad habit, make it difficult to do. That is some of the best advice I've ever heard. We can sh show you this in God's word. How do you do that? Let me give you the ABCs of how you can make your bad habit difficult for you to fall into, difficult for you to do. A, create a barrier. Nehemiah 1 says, The wall of Jerusalem was broken down and its gates were burned with fire. When I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days, and I was fasting and praying for the God of heaven. So basically he was upset because he was from Jerusalem. He was from J-Town. And the walls of Jerusalem were broken down. So if you read the book of Nehemiah, the whole thing is about going back and rebuilding the wall. Why? Because there is no such thing as a successful town without barriers protecting it. There's also no such thing as a successful you without barriers protecting you. So we need to put some boundaries around and say, I just need to put a barrier between me and that problem, whatever that situation may be. Maybe if you need to put some internet blocks, maybe you need to download your package uh, on, on your cable to, to some stations, some, some, some uh, channels that don't have the stuff that messes you up. Maybe for you, you need to put a barrier between you and a coworker that frankly could destroy your marriage. And so I don't know where you need to put a barrier, but it's important that we put some barriers in place. And so uh, in the same way, Maybe for you, it's something as simple as a social media barrier. The guy that wrote The Atomic Habits, uh, which is a book I've been recommending all, all month long, uh, James Clear, to write the book, he asked his secretary, maybe you don't have a secretary, a friend could do this for you. He asked his secretary to go onto all the social media platforms and change his passwords without telling him. And then on Monday, she would do that. And on Friday, she would then call him and give him the passwords. So that way, Monday through Friday, he was totally devoted to writing his book. And on the weekend, he could enjoy the benefits of social media without it destroying his future. Isn't that brilliant? He created a barrier. B, remove it from your sight. This is a huge one. Matthew 6, 13, Jesus said, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You know what? If you're just not around it, it really helps. So whatever it is that is tough for you, you know, if you want to give up pot, don't have a stash. This is not hard. Delete the number of whoever is getting that for you and, 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 and you know, just block it. Say, I'm just, I'm just not going to have that. Don't have it in front of you. I don't know what it is for you. I heard some young people struggle with Xbox. They're playing it all night. Guess what? Every time you finish playing Xbox, put it in the box, package the box up, put it in the closet. 
Next time you want to play, you're like, oh, I got to get it out and plug it all in. It's a barrier, right? And so A is create a barrier. B, remove it from your sight. And then C, create an alternative habit to run to. Something else to do. 1 Corinthians 6.18 says, so run away from sexual sin. Just get away from whatever it is that you want to. But it's best not only run away from it, but then run to something that's healthy. There's a young man that grew up with my sons named Caleb Smidgen. Caleb and my boys used to work out. And uh, Caleb is like insanely ripped. In fact, he actually competed in a show and won. I mean, he's, he's, he's in that good shape. He used to work in our production ministry and I was asking him questions about how he's working out, what's he doing, that kind of stuff. And so, of course, I would ask him while I was eating Cheetos, like, how are you in such good shape? I don't understand. <laughs> anyway, so anyways, he's in great shape, right? So I was talking about it, you know, and I said to him one day, I saw him at the gym. I said, Caleb, why are you always working out? Like, you just, that's, you're like crazy about it. You and your brother are always here working out like a madman. What is it? And he said, Pastor, to be honest with you, all my friends are partying. And so this is the alternative for me. That's brilliant, isn't it? And so he's done very well. He's moving forward in his life. He's married a good girl. The point is this, is that you need to have a right alternative. It's much more important that you have something to run to than what you're running from. So I just want to encourage you the three ways to break that bad habit, create a barrier, remove it from your sight, and create an alternative to run to. Can I give you a couple more hit, a little life hacks real quick? You ready for this? Oh, come on. You guys got to get excited here. I'm fired up. So let's go. All right. So here's one. Any good therapist will tell you, this is like standard practice stuff I'm about to tell you, and they will tell you that what makes you fall into a bad habit is, is uh, it can be defined by the word HALT, H-A-L-T. HALT stands for this. When do you fall into a bad habit? When you're hurt, angry, lonely, or tired. Did you catch that? When do you want to run to that Bluebell ice cream, right? When do you want to take a hit? When do you want to go out and just drown your sorrows, right? Because you're hurt, you're angry, you're lonely, are you tired? And so that's when we have to avoid those things. So can I give you the habit loop right now? This is from Charles Duhigg's book, The Power of Habits. The habit loop is this. There's a trigger, an action, and a reward. The trigger is I'm angry, I'm mad, I had a bad day at work. So the action is I'm going to go drown my sorrows in food or some kind of drug or the internet or I'm going to watch Netflix till the cows come home. Whatever it is for you, right? You're like, I don't actually know what the cows come home mean, by the way. Does anyone actually know what that means? I don't know. I guess it means it takes them a long time. They're slow. I don't know. Anyways, the point is that you have a trigger, an action, and a reward. So guess what we have to do? Avoid the triggers, like the hurt, angry, lonely, tired. Those are our triggers, right? Maybe you come home, you're bored, you're, you're, you're tired. You're like, so you, you turn on TV, and then you watch some show, but you, you binge it. So you actually have to realize it took them a year to make that show, and you watched it in the night. That's amazing, right? When you think about it, like, wow, I just lost a lot of my life in one night to one program that wasn't that good anyways. You know, you're like, wow, all that time for Squid Games. Everyone dies in the end. That's all I need to know. <laughs> like, there's like one survivor. That's it. You know, it's like, that's just a lot of blood and time. Gone. You know, I don't know what to do, right? So we're wasting time, and time is your life. So we have to remember that. We have to be careful that we don't waste all this time. Remove the trigger and interrupt the action. So maybe for you it's a TV, maybe for you, again, it's social media. I don't know what it's for you, but remove the trigger. Maybe you have a, a different device that has your social media on it rather than your phone, because your phone's with you all the time. And so if you put on another device, then every time you want to reach, you're like, oh, it's not on this device. So it keeps you focused at work, at school, whatever it is for you. It really can be a game changer. There was a Catholic man. Uh, he went into confession. He goes to the priest. He goes, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. The priest is like, okay, well, what is your sin? He goes, well, I work um, for a building supply company, and I've stole a lot of lumber and a lot of supplies. He's like, oh, okay, like, well, can you tell me, like, how much supplies you sold? He goes, well, enough to build my house, my son's house, my daughter's house, and a lake house. And he's like, oh, Wow. 
He said, that is some serious stealing. So this is going to require a lot of penance, you know, for that much stealing. And he thinks about it, and the priest says, you know, have you ever thought about doing like a retreat? He was like, well, if you get me the plans, I can get you the lumber. Like, no, no, that's not what we're going to do. It's amazing how we want to confess our sin, but then keep doing it, right? So we have to be willing to go down a different path. So here is the golden bullet. You ready? Here is the golden bullet that can keep you from doing the wrong habits. Here it is. Fill up your time by focusing on your God-given goals. That is the most powerful thing I can tell you to stop a bad habit. Fill up your time with good habits, doing the right things. It's a game changer. In other words, if you're so busy serving God, doing his will, pursuing your goal, achieving your dreams, you don't have time to do those dumb habits. There was a guy that got madly addicted to cocaine. I mean, it was such a problem. He went home to see his mom one time. His mother said, please don't come back. You're scaring me. It's unsafe. His mother said, don't come home. I mean, that's how addicted he got. So he didn't know what to do. He went from job to job to job. He ended up working at a car dealership. They just took a chance on him. He sold a handful of cars, wasn't that good at it. But then he decided, you know what? Every time I leave work, I want to go get a hit. I'm just not going to leave work. So he just stayed there like from morning to night. He only went home to go to bed. He'd come back and he'd be, they were like, you know, your shift didn't start. He goes, yeah, no, I'm going to come just sell cars anyways. So his sales went up, not because he was good, because he was just there. I mean, just, he just doubled his time being there, so his sales went up. Then he decided, with some of the extra time he had, uh, to go on YouTube and, and, and watch, you know, seminars from, from successful salespeople. So then his sales actually went up. So now he was double the time there and selling well. So now he's doing really good. He goes to top sales now. He's like the top salesman. He does so well with cars, he moves into some, an, another higher product. He does so well with that, he finally steps out, starts his own business on how to sell. His name's Grant Cardone. He's one of the most successful businessmen in the world today, and it all started when he had to kick the habit of cocaine. He just busied himself doing the right thing. Now, I don't stand by everything that guy teaches and does, but I'm telling you, that is the principle that works. You know what, guys? I don't have time to have an affair. I'm too busy trying to raise three children, love my wife, grow the church, write books, expand to different campuses, and change the world. I don't have time. It just, whatever it is, if you busy yourself doing the right things, you just don't have time to do the wrong things. It really is a game changer. Look at the scripture. First Timothy 4 says, give your complete attention to these matters. Can we be honest with ourselves? Is your complete attention focused on God's will? Let's be honest. If I came and watched you for a week, would you be embarrassed? You'd be like, uh, are you coming again tomorrow? <laughs> I mean, how many of us... We, we did recently did something with some of our staff members where we said, here's a sheet of paper, it's a time log, and just, you know, Monday morning, 9 a.m. to 10, 10 a.m. to 11, just tell us what you're doing. You know, what's funny is I already know how this works. I think they were honest, I don't believe they were lying to me, but I guarantee you they got better as they wrote it. Because they're like, uh, I guess I need to do something productive, right? Isn't it funny how that changes everything for you? Just being accountable hour per hour is a game changer. You know, Scripture says in Psalms 37, 4, it says in the Amplified Translation, God wants to give you the secret petitions of your heart. Let me ask you something. What do you really want? What do you really want that you won't even really talk about because you think, oh, people would think I'm arrogant or crazy or just whatever. What do you really want? You know, God loves you so much. He says, I'll give you, if you'll delight yourself in me, I'll give you the secret petitions of your heart. But no, we can't get to that because you're too busy on Netflix. 
You're too busy keeping up with which Kardashian sister is dating or divorcing or whatever they're doing. I don't even keep up anymore. You're too busy. You know all about what rapper has a Twitter beef with whoever. But yet, you're unaware of what God's next plan is for your life. God has so much for you. Don't miss out on his plans for your life. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, last verse. God has made us what we are in Christ Jesus. God made us to do good works, which God planned in advance for us to do, to live our lives doing. Wow. You know, Samson, I mean, in the very end of his life, he did something good and God blessed it. But how many years did he waste? Every year that you ignore the, the truths of this message is another year that's wasted. Don't waste your life. God has too much good for you to do than for you to be caught up in a bad habit. Kicking a bad habit is not nearly as complicated as you think. It's mainly, realize this, all bad habits come from an idle mind. All of them. If you'll just get busy doing what God's called you to do. Because you know what? Whatever you're struggling with, we could all struggle with that. We could all fall into whatever you're into. It just took time Boredom, anger, frustration, sitting around, no one's around, no accountability. That's all it took. We're all capable of whatever you pop. You think, oh, I could never do that. Oh, yeah, you could. Given the right circumstances, with a little bit of time, anything's possible for any of us. Fill your life up with godly things, with good things. Pursue your dreams. And if you'll do that, you won't have time for the other dumb stuff. Quit wasting your life. One last thing. You know, the devil doesn't really care whether you're addicted to food sex, drugs. He doesn't care. He's actually not trying to get you addicted. He's just trying to keep you from doing God's will. Amen. So before you go judging someone who's on, on hard drugs and you think, I would never do that. Well, I know maybe you wouldn't do that, but how much time are you sitting in front of the tube? How much time are you wasting on social media? It's still wasting your life. It's time for you and I to recognize that God has bigger plans. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with eating a nice meal. I'm not saying it's all bad. It's not like we have to be just 100% of the time. No, we're not saying that. But everything in moderation. I want to challenge you. Don't waste your life. Are you still talking about something you still haven't attempted to do yet? When are you going to start? Now's the time. Now's the time. Would you bow your heads with me? Thank you for being with us today. Every head bowed, every eye closed during this prayer time. Here's my challenge for you. Is there something God clearly has identified to you during this message? Has he spoken specifically to you about something? He's saying, hey, it's time to let that go. That little rat will stop your mission. It's time for you to give that up. If that's you today, would you lift your hand high once God speaks to you what that is it's time to remove? Don't we all have something? Come on. Just lift that hand high as God speaks to you. Praise God. There's hands going up all across our churches right now. Thank you. Online, thank you. Thank you. You put your hands down. Have you given your life to Jesus? God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for you to pay the price of your sins. And he rose again from the grave, proving that he's God. Now, when Jesus died for your sins, this may surprise you. Here's one other thing he died for in that. He died for, for you to save you from your sins. He also died to save you from yourself. From those habits that are eating us alive. He'll save you from that too. Your head bowed and your eyes closed. You can pray a simple prayer. You can receive Christ as your Lord and your Savior. We're going to lead you in this prayer together. Just pray this prayer with me. Just say, Dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for my sin. And I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I repent of my sins. 
I put you in first place. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, if you just gave your life to Christ, would you just lift your hand high? No one's looking around right now. All, all across our different churches, just lift your hand high if you just gave your life to Jesus. Thank you. We see that hand at Rodfield. Thank you. We see that hand at, at Padre Island. Thank you. We see those hands. Thank you, Stone Oak. Thank you. Lift your hand high right now. Come on, just lift your hand high. Come on, Rockport. Those of you who are online right now with us, just put it in the text chat right now. Just put my hands, my hands raised. We know what that means. If you're at churchunlimited.com right now, just click hand raised right now. Just let us know if you just gave your life to Christ. Praise God. Praise God. Hold your hand high. Praise God. Thank you. Lord, thank you for your word today. Thank you, God, that it penetrates our hearts and our very lives. And Lord, we do not want to waste our time any longer. We want to do your purpose and your will. Thank you, God, for speaking your word to us today. In your name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.